Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome into The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway here on a hump day edition on another great sports week. And welcome in to the Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios here in Farmington. It's Maz and Friends and Clarence Black in the house today. My Welcome man. in, man. I love your shirt. Thank you, man. 86 Mets, baby. That's it, baby. That's it. Man, to your right, from Baseball Mainly, it is Jess Monticello. We need to have you here today, Jess. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here with uh, with the big-time guys. We love it, man. We love having you now, here. Just so we're clear, Jess, you're, you don't have a vote, right? You, uh, do you have a vote? I, I can neither uh, confirm <laughs> oh, nor no. deny. You're not the guy, are you? That left uh, Derek no. Jeter off the ballot. I would, you know what he? Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. We are. But I, I would not have let left Jeter off the ballot. He can't. Uh, but you know, we can talk about it some more. We will. Stat man is here, Ethan Perlman. What's up, kid? No, I'm just waiting for this conversation to start. You're up. all excited about baseball here? Yep. All right. So yesterday was Hall of Fame day, and you got to wait till like 6:15 at night to. Uh, see who they're going to vote in. And there's all these great players on the ballot that, of course, some of them are ready to drop off the ballot. Some are Hall of Famers to be, but, of course, stuck with the steroid era. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, just to say a couple. I don't even know. Rafael Palmeiro is not even on here anymore, huh? Did he drop off or something? I I don't even see his name anymore. You get 10 years. I believe he, his 10 years are already it's up. unbelievable that that guy's not going to make it either with these two clowns here, Clemens and Bonds. But eventually they got to put in. They, they're, they're through eight now, eight years, and you need 75% to get in. They got 60.7 for Bonds and 61% for Clemens, and that's their eighth try. So they got two more tries. Another guy that was on the ballot, now his eighth time is over. Kurt Schilling, he got 70%. So he's primed, as they say on the Major League Baseball Network, I'm just following what the experts tell you, he's primed to get in next year. If he hits 70%, anyone that's hit 70% is always getting it. They've Every one of them have gotten in on their next chance. So, so next year, So how does year, this work? So for, for, for me, people at home, Maz, Jess, that don't, I don't get it. So how does how does this Nothing how changes. This Nothing changes. It's these the same? Men, it's the same. Like in other words, I mean, when you get a their ballot, stats what is are the their ballot, stats? What is the ballot like, though? I'm saying you, you. So I'm a writer. What does a ballot look like? How many names are on this ballot, and how many can I pick? Well, you could pick ten. Yeah, ten is your max that you could pick. You ten could out pick of how many? It, it it varies year to year. That's the thing. It, it does vary. So every so every year, the guys that are that have their ten year window go back on the ballot, and then the new crop of guys that are in their first year, I'm assuming, come on. So, Correct. So, so what I'm asking is, ballpark me, how many names am I looking at? Is a, If I'm a writer, 40, 50, how big, in theory, is the ballot? Is it is it just all those guys there because guys drop off? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to just get an idea. I really don't know. It's a good, it's a good question. Maybe Probably Dan Dickerson, will, maybe Dan They're Dickerson right. will know the exact answer. Dan joins us in just a couple of minutes. There so were, there were thirty-three names on this ballot. Thirty-three, and more than I believe it's twelve are going to drop off because they had less than five percent of the vote. And we'll talk about that. That's a whole another thing. There's guys that are going to drop off this ballot that belong in the Hall of Fame. So it takes up the Kurt Schilling. He got seventy percent, and he's not a well liked guy in baseball, and that's another reason. 
the baseball writers, if they don't like you. I think Schiller's just not well-liked. No, he's, that's what I said. He's not yeah, well-liked I mean, anyway. Not, anyway. He's not, he's not well-liked anyway, but he don't care. He still put his numbers up. Yeah. Numbers are his numbers. And the thing is on these guys, the numbers don't change year to year. They put their – you're done. When you retire, those are your numbers. So if you go in the first year like Derek Jeter got in, he got 396 votes out of 397. He got 99.7%. Uh, one guy or one lady left him off the ballot completely. And we haven't gotten the name yet. We might never have the name. And Larry Walker got in on his 10th try, the former Expo, uh, the former Cardinal, the former Rocky. Larry Walker gets in with 76.6%. He made it by two votes. But that was his last chance, Clarence and Jess. The thing is, his numbers have never changed in the 10 times that he's been on the ballot. Have you, have and you now looked, he's in. Have you looked at his numbers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. His numbers switch are hitter. incredible. Yeah, switch hitter. Uh, he was MVP, seven-time gold glove, three batting titles, yep. five-time all-star. His, he, his OPS, 965. Amazing. Higher than Cobb, higher than Mays, yep. higher than Jeter. Why did it take Higher 10 times? K-line. Why did it take 10 times? You want to know why? Because people believe with the amount of years he spent in Colorado that his numbers are inflated because he played in Colorado. Oh, jeez. That, that is, is this the that thing was, with the balls, that the was, park, that was the ball? Yeah. Right and now they have the humidor yeah. and yep. the balls are now yeah. the same temperature in every field okay, no so, matter where you so go. So he hit 383 bombs, yeah. but that wasn't the total that put it gave him a 400 on base. Guy had a 400 on base. So I'm not. I'm not. Here, here's my argument against that. If the ball is especially live in Colorado, isn't it more likely those line drives are going to travel farther to the outfielder? To be a fly that's, ball. That's going to cost you some outs. I think it no, probably I, did. He hit the ball hard. I, I agree. I never agreed with the, I remember, with the reasoning and when people said that. But. I look at. So to me, it's the eye test, and I've said this about about baseball. You can have a you can have a Hall of Fame season, and no argument for me. Maris, I mean, you think of guys that had just redi- immortal. You're yeah. immortal for a season. You yeah. are immortal. You belong in the Hall. What I remember most about '97, I was in college, and I remember literally at one point, it was like all Sports Center was Larry Walker, like it was just Larry Walker. Like every it, it almost became like, dude, I couldn't, but I couldn't find a game. But just every night, I mean, I think at one point, um, I think it was still Kilborn and, and uh, I forget who he was part of, but it was, they were laughing because it was just like, they, they started even referring to it as the Larry Walker show. Because yeah. he just, it was, he had an unreal summer. It was probably Kenny Mayne. It him. was ridiculous. <laughs> and I, I mean, even me, man, I'm like, I'm a soft, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, the Tigers weren't much of anything in 97, but I'm like, I was totally dialed in because it's just, he was, he was killing it. So I go back to, and Jess, I'll ask you, I'm a big believer in the eye test. Like, don't tell me what my eyes see. The in, that Just that season alone, and he didn't fall off the map. It wasn't like he had this 97 and then from there the guy was struggling to stay in the league. So to me, he was a Hall of Famer, period. Now, this is where we get into the semantics of first ballot, second ballot. But if, if, I'm just, if you're just looking at Larry Walker, did you need to see any more? No. So, no, the, I, I mean, like, the eye test. Yeah. That guy could play. Yes. He, he was a great defensive player. 
and he was an incredible offensive player. And he didn't play an easy position. You know, when you're a kid, uh, if you're bad, they stick you in right field, right? In the big leagues, you've got to have the best arm on the team to be the right fielder, right? You look at those pictures. Uh, there's a great video of Clemente. Oh, God. Taking one off the wall, at the wall, throws a strike to the catcher on a at fly. home plate. On a right. Incredible. Those yeah. guys have to have good arms. You know, and, uh, and, and he had a, a very good arm, great glove. Seven-time gold glove, three-time batting title. But here's the thing. His OPS was uh, 14th all-time in Major League Baseball. We're talking about all-time, four, number 14. And that's the big number these days. His war is slightly better than Jeter's. His OPS is better than Jeter's. Yeah, it shouldn't have taken now, 10 nothing, years. I'm not taking anything away from Jeter. No, I know. But this guy's in a, in a class to be in the Hall of Fame on a first ballot. No doubt about it. But Larry Walker, with the killer here with these votes is, how, why does it take 10 times? And then the guy barely makes it in. Well, he played He played in Montreal. Yeah. Not. I mean, not a market at all for baseball. At least it wasn't. I think there's six Expos in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Reigns would be one of them, right? Yeah, Gary Carter. Gary, oh, Gary Carter, great catcher. Pedro. Yeah. Yep. Pedro, Pedro played his career. Larry Walker played his career in the freaking highlight era. I mean, by the Larry Walker played during a time when you could yeah. see his highlights. It didn't matter where you were. Right. So, I, man, I've said this, like, seriously. Baseball writers, they are the high school girls <laughs> of the of the professional <laughs> sports media. Seriously, they, they they make no sense ever. They never have to justify what they do, nope. why they do, and their their minds change as the wind blows. And they, you, like, I tried to have a conversation with a baseball writer once, and I just I quit. There's got to be stopped. a better way, man. To and we were having a conversation about Jack, and yeah. I just like I, I just I, I like I'm done. Anyway, I mean, if you look, look at, at Jack numbers. Morris, if you look at Jack Morris, his numbers weren't the greatest things in the world, but if you look at his postseason, it was amazing. We all know he was a big game pitcher. I mean, that's what he's billed as, and it took him that long to get in. Well, you know, everybody wants to look at Morris's ERA. Yeah. But if you ever watched Morris pitch, if he had a big lead, he's just throwing fastballs. Let's get this over with. Yep. You know, if they hit a couple out, who cares? Let, let's get out. So let's get out of here. And win. And, and that doesn't help your ERA. But I don't think he was all about his ERA. He was all about winning. And Jack Morris was the winningest pitcher of the '80s. Yeah, he was the '80s pitcher. He won. He he was uh, a key pitcher on three World Series championship teams. How Morris, about that '87 World Series Game Seven? That that alone puts him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, that, you know, we had to root for him there because he was no longer a Tiger. Right. right. Yeah. He yeah. was a twin, and that was a battle, a battle royal, amazing <laughs> against John Smoltz, two Tigers going against each other. There you go. In that one. So Derek Jeter gets in, 99.7. It's the second highest. It's the highest for a position player. It's the second highest score ever, only second to last year, Mariano Rivera getting in. It's so insulting. So it's one guy or gal that left him out. Now either have to account. What they're saying saying is either this guy left his ballot completely empty as a strike, preemptive strike, or this guy just did not vote – for Jeter, there was a funny thing going on Twitter today that they put some guy's ballot on and they gave him a name. What would they name him? Uh, Dave Williams. Dave Williams. And, and they deleted the thing on Twitter because yeah. I saw it on Twitter earlier. I went back to look for it and you yeah. can't find it anymore. Right, because he doesn't exist. But Jess's buddy, Scott Green, yeah. 
put it on Facebook so you can see it there. And, and Scott has since apologized. He's found out it was It's a, a phony. And the guy had Jose Valverde <laughs> checked off <laughs> instead of Derek Jeter. He got deep faked. <laughs> which is, uh, you know, right away, you know, it's going to be all over everywhere once yep. they find out who this guy is. He also voted for Josh Beckett, who also oh, didn't good. get any votes. The great Josh so. Beckett. So that's when. And the next question I got for you is, when do the... When do you finally put in Clemens and Bonds? Do you ever put in Clemens and Bonds? Jess, well, I want to ask you. I, I, I think in light of the most recent cheating scandal in baseball, <laughs> you know, people are making a case for Rose, probably going to make a case for the steroid guys. Yeah. Because at least the st- in the steroid era, those guys had to hit the ball, right? It, it made them stronger. Yeah. You know, kind of like Clarence over here. You know, I uh, except he's clean. Yeah, yeah. And, and man, to have a physique like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, those days have, have long gone for us, Mass. Uh, I never had that day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're they're just uh, they're going to get in, or or maybe these guys on the Astros and all the other teams that come out that have been cheating. I don't believe it was only the Astros. No, it's not. No. But they're the Kings. Uh, well, they, they won the World Series, so now it's a big deal. And uh, uh, much like when Canseco came out and talked about all the steroids. Yeah, no one believed them. You know, Fires came out and talked about this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Canseco has not been treated well by baseball ever since. And probably Fires won't be. The, probably not. The issue with Bonds and Clemens for me goes back to the selective – so stimulants are rampant in baseball. Pitcher, position play. It, it, man, you're it, so many games, so many days. Guys are trying to stay up. I, I got it. But if you're telling me that, if you keep them out, what you're saying is like they, they were doing something beyond what everybody else was doing. And the fact is that guys were taking uppers. They were, it, man, guys were doing whatever they got. Some guys doing whatever they got to do to play. Some guys are just trying to get through pain. Some guys are doing this. Some guys are doing that. I just I come like if you are going to legislate it, legislate it all. That's my only issue. Legislate the entire era, or just decide nobody's getting in from this time to this time because we consider this time clean, this time not, and just just cut the just just say hey look we appreciate everything you did, but you know what man this era was filled with so much toxicity, no pun intended. Nobody's getting in. I'm okay with that. Well, in 1991, Major League Baseball came out with a statement as a, hey, hey uh, from baseball, baseball, Major League Baseball is making this uh, as a requirement that there are no illegal or performance-enhancing drugs. It wasn't enforceable because they didn't have the support of the players' union. Right. And until that came about, it was kind of like fair game. Do what you want to do. I mean, I don't think Mark McGuire ever made a secret. Uh, he didn't hide secret. it. He kept no. it in his locker. Yeah. It's Andrew. Yeah. And at the point, it wasn't regulated. No one knew what to do with Andrew. And no, then Bar- Andrew. Barry had yeah, the, the cream. cream in the clear. He had the clear. No, and no, again, no one knew what to do with it. But here's the crazy part. But it's had doubled in size. <laughs> but but it hasn't it hasn't stopped. The research, just the research alone into the sports performance industry the supplements, the equipment, 
It is a multi-billion dollar, damn near trillion, just the research, because they know that athletes, the average person on the street that wants to lose weight, if you think about the supplement industry and think about the equipment industry, they know that from the guy at the gym to the, the future Hall of Famer, everybody wants the edge faster, bigger, yeah. stronger, recover. This It hasn't stopped. It's not like it's not gonna stop. The, the Victor Connies of the world didn't—they didn't go out of business. Nobody went out of business. It didn't stop anything. They start calling it a different names. Somebody, some of them, in in you know, were able to get FDA labels, and that became the thing. But even that's crooked. So this whole thing is just like it's, man, it is mind blowing because it is a waste of time, and I think it hurts the sport. Well, because I know what my eyes saw. A lot of it's about the money, right? It's, in fact, it's all about the money. I have to stay in the big leagues. I have to get to the big leagues. I have, yeah. to, I have to be here as long as I can. So I'm going to do whatever I can to be here. And if I can hide it, I'll hide it. Whatever I can do. And uh, you know, it starts at a very young age. You see, shoot kids in Little League. They're, they're, they're swinging $400 bats, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, this bats. You know, I remember before they were regulating the bats, now, it, it, they, you know, well, this bat's made of a special titanium with a trampolining effect of X because, you know, little Johnny's got to hit a 275-foot home run. Right. You know? I mean, it, it because he's going to go to a D1 school in 12 years. Yep, that's right? his parents. Jason Witten uh, is an Advocare spokesman. But even the NFL came out and they were like, yo, we don't know what's in all of this stuff. Like, we got to get some information. So that kind of has, you know, he had to kind of throttle away from some of that because they were like, yo, you, you, he, they were basically saying, like, if you don't know what's in all of this stuff, like, you might want to kind of take a step back. And that's Advocare. Yeah. Sure. Well, the other side of this, Lyle Alzado. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's all you got to say. Lots of these, lots of people yeah. passing away from yeah. all this stuff. You know, it's, it's not I had a friend that took that was a steroid guy, and I told him what he was taking. And I'm like, man, you're putting horse steroids in your body. I mean, he passed away, you know, at age 40 years old. I mean, from cancer. I mean, they can go on and on. I'm getting off this a little bit. You know, we're talking about these, uh, these the Hall of Fame, obviously. Dan Dickerson, the voice of the Tigers, kind enough to join us today, and we've kept him on hold here a couple of minutes, and we want to get his his voice on here. Danny, thanks for coming on. You, we got a full house today. we got Clarence, Jess, Ethan, and myself here today. <laughs> all right, I'll try to keep them all straight. No, I was enjoying listening to the conversation while I was on hold. It is, uh, it is an interesting conversation. It's one that has to be had, but I kind of side with you guys. It's just it's time to let's quit making baseball writers judge and jury. I know. On performance enhancing, who did, who didn't, who used only a little or tried it one time and didn't like it and right. then didn't do it again. I mean, that was Pettit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I mean, sent you Pettit's well, stats last night. What would you I think? I know you did. But why put, why put baseball writers in the position of figuring out, you know, who did, who didn't, how much? No, just vote them in on their merits and then just make sure that you tell accurately the story about the controversy at the time. Make sure the Hall of Fame is... They don't have to put it on their plaque, but just educate people. Okay, this was the controversy. This is what we know, you know. And that because otherwise, it's just it becomes every year the same Ugh. debate, and it's it's getting old. We were talking about Larry Walker getting in on a tenth and final try, and he ha- his numbers haven't changed over the years. What That's made one him of the weirdest things about right. Hall of Fame voting? Right? What made him good now and not good ten years ago? Well, Bert Blylevin took how long? Yeah. you know, Jack Jack Morris took how long? I mean, it just it, it's. Yeah, it's one of the oddities, really. But 
at least some voters are showing they're willing to, you know, maybe I didn't cast the best ballot in the past. Maybe I should look at this closer. I, I give those guys credit. There's a couple of guys uh, that I wanted to chat about. Obviously, Derek Jeter, well-deserving. He went in. He got the most votes for a, a, a position player in the history of the ballot. Second only, unanimous last year to Mariano Rivera, his, his teammate. And the guy left him off the ballot, or gal. We don't know who it is. We don't know if we'll ever know. And it's, I don't think there's a good reason to have left. How do you leave him completely off your ballot? Well, I mean, you can go down some other, some of the other ones who didn't get even close to being unanimous, right? right. I mean, they've never been unanimous. Right. They've never been unanimous minus one. How does that happen? So think about every single Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, yeah. go right down the list and ask those guys, how do you, you left, I'm sorry, Willie Mays off yeah. your, <laughs> your whole thing. I'm sorry, Hank Aaron, you left them off your belt. What were you thinking now? I mean, it's just. It, they shouldn't be able to vote just, anymore. I mean, really, honestly, they shouldn't be able to vote. I mean, it's absurd. The people say, well, I don't think anybody should go in on the first ballot. What? what? <laughs> so, I don't know. I can't worry about those people. But right. it does, to me, also bring up something that I like to talk about every year. Why can't this be something more than just baseball writers? I agree. Why yes. can't others yes. who, who cover this sport and write so well about it? And there are many. Why don't they get a vote? Why don't people who... Why can't broadcasters get a vote? Yes. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. just because it's me. I mean, you don't think, you know, we've talked about this before. Ernie Harwell or Vince Scully could cast a oh. pretty good ballot based on of watching course. players. So, and don't give me the, well, they'd be biased toward their home guys. Uh, there are plenty of writers who have biases. So of course. I just think it, it, it would make it a, a more interesting vote, a better vote, uh, if you ha- opened it up to more than just baseball writers. I just think that's... And, and you know that's a, it never it's, it doesn't appear it's ever going to happen, but it sure makes sense to me. Yeah, that's a great idea because guys guys like you, guys like Harwell and Scully, and travel Buck. around and see all the players. You don't right. just see your home team. And when you when you go to a place like uh, California and you see, you know, their center fielder, and you say, "Wow, that guy is the real deal." Or maybe you see a shortstop that you know is in a small right. market that nobody thinks about, and you realize. Man, this guy can pick it, and he's on base all the time. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. think about Omar Vizquel. We were talking about this last oh, night. Sure. I did my show with Pat Caputo, and people are like, well, the metrics don't like him defensively. Well, guess what? The metrics and defensive runs saved, let's face it, is highly influential, and I think it should be. But the metrics started when he was 36 years old. He'd already won nine gold gloves by that point. So don't tell me the metrics don't like Omar Vizquel. Let's talk to the people who watched him play and think he was just otherworldly at times, that he and Alomar might have been the best double play combination to ever play together for the years they were together. I mean, that's where the, you know, the people who watch these people play matter. And I can't think of anybody who would say, oh, well, he was just okay. But you sure hear that with people who only look at the numbers. The metrics don't really say he was, oh, come on. <laughs> How about a guy like Paul Canerco, Dan? He's he's off the ballot. 2340 on the hits, 439 homers, 1412 RBIs, 841 on-base percentage and slugging ops. Six-time All-Star, World Series winner, and an ALCS MVP. He got 10 votes. He's yeah, off the I, ballot. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, I I guess good player. For a long time, but I, I never really felt like I was watching a Hall of Famer. I mean, 
that may be a little harsh, but I mean, he was very good. No, Dan, I like so so. Okay, to that <laughs> point, because I'm a I'm a I'm an eye test guy. I I trust what my eyes see. So, you look at Canerco. You didn't see Hall of Famer. I'm like, I, I, I agree. Great ball player, All Star, Hall of Fame. Eh. Who are some of the other guys that you look at from an eye test standpoint that for you, as you look at these list of guys that maybe didn't get in, for you is a no-brainer? Um, Lou Whitaker. I, mean, I thought Jason Stark did a really good job analyzing all the guys who have strong cases and all the guys that he put on his ballot. Well, Lou Whitaker, of course. I mean, I just – yeah. You know, we watched him for a long time, and he's – I just don't – I mean, there's a guy who also fell off the ballot after one yeah. year. And you think that didn't have to do with personalities and biases? Uh, you know, he was not a guy who promoted himself. He was not a guy who was easy to interview or talk to. And I think baseball writers around the country basically reacted to that because they sure didn't spend much time looking at his numbers. <laughs> Amazing. Or look at the double play combo with him and Trammell. You were talking about Vizquel and Alomar. I mean – these guys stood out in the 70s. Right. Now, there's one right. more Tiger that in should 80s. be in there, and I'll always advocate for him till the day I die, is Mickey Lolich. You look at Lolich's numbers before, when he retired, and more strikeouts than any lefty in the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. Mickey Lolich took the Tigers on his back in the World Series and won it. And he had a home run, too. And and for that for that matter, and his I think his only home run, Mickey Lolich, won twenty games how many times? At least twice, maybe. He three. was a bulldog. Pitched three hundred innings at a time. He 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 he. Mickey Lolich's numbers, just his numbers, compare very favorably to a lot of other guys who are in the in the, in the hall. And a great yeah, donut I, I, just, I don't I don't I've never been a big advocate. I, I mean I don't disagree with you, but well I guess I do disagree with you. Uh, I think well, then you're wrong. Points. I just, I just, I've never, no, I just, I've never felt like he was, he was a Hall of Fame guy. So, as Dan, what, those strikeouts jump out at you as, as strong as that is. It's the amazing seasons he had pitching 370 innings. Uh-huh. Uh, I just thought he was very good, but I, I, I guess I've never really thought he was in that Hall of Fame class. So, Dan, what would be, so I, I, I trust the Dan Dickerson, the Dan Dickerson criteria. What is your eye test? What would be your criteria for a Hall of Famer? Like, well, give me, I mean, give the, me an idea of a numbers, guy now currently playing, maybe that you would say, like, I look at that guy, like, no doubt Hall of Famer. Mike Trout. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's Mike Trout. Yeah, that's, that's obvious. Um, I think longevity does matter. I really do. I mean, that's why you look at an Andrew Jones who didn't really do much after age thirty. That to me, does matter. Um, I don't know. You just you look at the total package of skills and, and, and what they're doing with those skills. I mean, you know, Mookie Betts, to me, looks like a guy who can certainly go on to Hell have yeah. Right. Yeah. a Hall of Fame career. I mean, let's face it. Um, Bellinger in, in L.A., yeah. Dodgers. Yeah, I think you, you just kind of look at that athleticism, that special athleticism um, and and – Again, putting all those abilities together. Um, so it's it's guys who are having great years right now, but also they have to do it for a long time. So a guy like uh, Yadier Molina? There you go. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the other thing. You have to look at the position that somebody plays. 
I mean, catcher takes a toll on a body. Oh, for sure. <laughs> What's the history of guys in, you know, playing into their late 30s? The Molinas all seem to. <laughs> the flying Molina brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it really is impressive. But again, catching is, is one of those things that, and that's, that's a great example right there because catching is something that you really have to, I mean, if you're a voter, you can't just look at career war. It's a great place to start. But catchers, that, that position demands so much and things that we still can't really measure. You know, the balls and strikes and getting extra strikes is a big step forward. But, man, there's so much that goes into that job in terms of calling a game, being on the same page as your pitcher, having that instinctive feel for what pitch to call in what situation. Handling a pitching staff is one of those things that so much goes into it, you can't really measure it. And that's where you have to talk to the people who are around that guy. How good was he? What impact did he have on everybody on that field because of how he ran a game? And those are all things that, you know, add up to a great catcher. And by all accounts, and that's where you have to, you know, read about people who've watched him, talk to people who've watched him. What makes him so special? Now, Salvador Perez doesn't grade out especially well at catcher for the Kansas City Royals. But guess what? He took them to Game 7 of the World Series and won a World Series. And you talk to Ned Yost, he's like, this guy, he's our heart and soul. Yep. And when he went out, they went out. Always, to me, at those positions, especially like catcher and shortstop, those are the things you really have to to talk to people about. Fielding stats are getting better and better, but they're not a be-all, end-all, and they're not quite as good at measuring ability as hitting stats are, I think. So, yes, Yadier Molina is a good starting point because it, it gets into the work you have to do to understand just how good somebody is at the position they play. And that, to me... One of the three reasons Paul Konerko, I mean, he, was a, he wasn't a great first baseman, right? He was a below-average first baseman. So the power numbers he put up with, put up at first base were probably, they are really good for a first baseman, but not off the charts good for a first mm-hmm. baseman. And when you're below-average defensively, that to me makes you a very good player. But in terms of overall Hall of Fame, probably not. I want to talk to you a little bit more, Nick. Can you hold through the break? Sure. All right, just a quick break, I promise. Dan Dickerson, of course, with the voice of the Tigers, joining us here on The Wrap. Clarence Black, Jess Monticello, Ethan and I, back after this from Jim Reels. Check out the newest member of Jim Reels family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Black Friday sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2019 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. We're back on the wrap. Tom Mazaway and friends here, NRM, streamcast.com. Make sure you check us out. Dan Dickerson, nice enough to join us today. Tiger's voice, and we've been talking Hall of Fame. I want to take you off a side road here for a quick second, Dan. And Hall of Fame, let's go to the Hall of Shame. And the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, the Carlos Beltran and the Mets. And what's your whole take on on this whole disgrace? Let's call it, that's what it is. <laughs> well, Major League Baseball, the guy, this is, you think about it, it all kind of started with replay, and now you have the replay rooms. Replay rooms are close to the dugout, and it just kind of spiraled from there. And I think the upshot is if, 
I mean, there are teams that are going to be committed to cheating, obviously. So now you really have to think, okay, what is the next step that they might take to get around the idea of having hall monitors, if you will? (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about that. (laughs) Between the replay room and the dugout to prevent the audio relay of signals, which is really how it's been done. What's the next step that teams might take? Now, whether you believe the allegations about the buzzers that the Astros used or not, it would be a logical next step for a team committed to cheating and determined to cheat using video. So that's the next step for the Major League Baseball. How do you prevent teams from, you're going you're gonna to crack down on this, and you know they crack down on the Astros, but how do you truly prevent teams from cheating using video and electronics uh, versus the traditional sign stealing, which is going to always be a part of the game. Well, Ethan that's, had a good not point. Not an easy answer, I don't think. Ethan had a good point. You know, bring it up, E. Oh, oh, so with the with you know the evolution of the technology and everything, it makes more sense that you know MLB just hire and bring in an independent contracted you know employee to do ran. I don't want to call them like random drug tests, but random technology. Sit-ins. A regulator. So, no, yeah, so a, call, let's a, call a, a regulator. It is. It's a regulator. But he's not yeah. there, in my opinion, he's not there every game. I think he's there every few games coming unannounced. Absolutely not. Every game. Okay. Yeah, same way the they NBA. They tried when, that in 2018. They had guys down there for a couple innings at a time, and then they would leave, so they knew that they couldn't cheat during those innings. But, oh, good. again, teams that are, are trying to do it. I don't, I'm not sure how widespread it is. I really am not. I mean, again, sign stealing Everybody tries it, and you're supposed to, and you should if you're at second base. If you're a player who's really engaged in the game, that's that's part of it. Absolutely. That's um, that's traditional. It's, right. it, it's part really of it. I don't know, have a feel for how widespread the electronic cheating is. You certainly heard about it in the years before all this happened. I mean, um, you heard about it with the Apple Watches two right. years ago with the Red Sox. Yep. I'm not sure there's any way of... Um, I mean, Jason Stark wrote, you know, things that he thinks he'll see in the next 10 years, and he brought up the whole idea that he really thinks that at some point there will be no catcher's signs, which is pretty interesting when you think about it. That's the only way to cut down the cheating, right? Right. <laughs> the only guy that can get away <laughs> with that was the— uh... we'd, we'd hear all the plays being, you know, called from the bench via, you know, speaker and a quarterback's, you know, helmet. I'm not sure any of us saw that coming in the whenever 70s or 80s. Um, so, is there a way to do it? Obviously, a catcher can't be speaking to his pitcher with the batter right there, but <laughs> is there some other way of doing it? I would think that if you want to talk about getting the cheating and sign stealing <laughs> taken away, I mean that'd be uh, that's a logical next step for me. But I'm not quite I'm not quite sure how that would work. But maybe we get back to a buzzer system, <laughs> two buzzes, and that's a slider and <laughs> <laughs> hey there's one pitcher dan you know, that could have got away with it it's Mari, mariano rivera was the only pitcher that didn't need a catcher to, to, right. to give him his i'm throwing you the cutter <laughs> let me see if you can hit it <laughs> and, 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 and Mark, you know with a knuckleball you know he'd, he'd throw the occasional straight ball as he called it uh and he would just, there was never a sign because it was obviously he's a knuckleballer but he, I said, so how do you know, how does the catcher know when you're going to go throw a fastball? Because he had to know. And he said, I would just, when I got the ball back and, you know, the batter was doing something else, I would just put my right arm down with a one by my right leg. <laughs> and, and the catcher would know. I mean, it, just, it was very simple, but there were, there were no signs except if he was going to throw a fastball. Hey, Dan, uh, quick question. So as all of this kind of came out um, and, and 
pray God that this is the end of it and there's not more of it. I think back to, you know, Goose Gossage a couple years ago who had some comments about Hispanic players and, and bat flipping. And, it, you know, does, does Major League Baseball have or is it flirting with maybe a culture problem in that, you know, certain things. So organizational cheating, you know, you got organizational cheating, but you're worried about me flipping a bat. You got organizational cheating, but you're worried about me pumping a fist after I strike a guy out in in the ninth with the bases loaded. You know, you let me get this straight. Like, there's organizational right. cheating, but it's okay for your guy to throw at my head because my guy threw at his head. Like, it just the, the unwritten, the unwritten. This is okay. This is not okay. Right. Of baseball. Hey, we I mean, I, we can have a rampant racist in the Hall of Fame, but man, no, oh, hey, that dude that took that thing that was not even considered illegal. Like, no, we can't. I I just the the confusion and hypocrisy of it just. Is is that is that something that's just going to always be in this game? Or well, can you... see, you'll have battle. I think people are recognizing that that things are changing. I mean, I always felt like if Jose Bautista hadn't flipped the bat, I would have been so disappointed. <laughs> you, know, just, you don't flip your bat there. When do you? I mean, right. that's one of the greatest moments ever. That was a hell of a bat oh, flip, by the way. And, and again, you, you mentioned pitchers pumping their fists. I think think how people gotten over that. They don't really care about that anymore, but they sure do still care about guys staring after they hit a home run or flipping their bat. Well, again, if, if the, it's okay, and it really is, in my opinion, it's perfectly okay for a pitcher to pump his fist. You'll see a little bit of pushback on that from time to time, but that's really become an accepted part. And why not? You just struck out the guy with the bases loaded like you yep. said in the ninth inning. Get fired up. I love course. it. Or in the eighth inning, the game's still going. That's That's fine. Um, but then you shouldn't really be too upset if you're pumping your fist after striking a guy out if he hits a home run the next time and flips his bat <laughs> yes. because he hit it 900 feet. Yes. That's okay. That should be okay, too. I mean, <sighs> I think we're getting there. It's, it's always going to be one of those, you know, that that's not the right way to play it, but in certain situations, come on. Look at the excitement and, and, overseas. And that's one of the, I think, the beauties of the WBC is it. Oh, I love that. Players love get it. to love see... That fans in other countries yes. and what it's like. I mean, the constant noise. Oh, I love it. Japan or the Dominican Republic. Yep. Or, I mean, this is, that that's joy. That's, that's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, that, I love seeing that. Me too. And there's nothing wrong with integrating a little bit more of that into major league ballparks and the way that the game is played. Uh, it's, it's just a reflection of the, the joy that they're having playing it and, Yes, there are times it can go too far. I mean, the guys who stare at a pitcher after he hits a home run, I mean, that's stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, they'll, they'll police themselves. But I'm with you. Throwing at guys' heads or throwing at guys because you've given up a home run, uh, that's got to go. Well, uh, baseball, at least when I was a kid and still somewhat to this day, is a joyous event for me. I love watching the game when it's played well. And... I think that that's kind of what's missing these days is you don't feel the joy at the ballpark the way you did when I was a kid. Am I missing something? Has it changed? I, I think that... um, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if uh, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I agree with that. I still think you know people love to come to the ballpark. Let's face it, there hasn't been a whole lot to be joyous about it. Comerica Park. The last no, few hey, years. Dana, I, look, I got my travels I, around. 
I would say that I, I still see great atmospheres and fans enjoying the game uh, as much as they ever have. Well, maybe maybe it's because I'm old. I just remember walking into Tiger Stadium the first time and all that green grass and the lights were on. Of course, you know, back in that day, Minnie Minoso was playing center field for the Chicago White Sox. So it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's, there's, a, there's something about baseball that is different from any other sport, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Yes. And when when people disrespect the game it hurts and i think it hurts the game and i think it and it hurts people old folks like me who love the game you're talking about the astros i'm talking about the astros i'm talking about uh you know just stupid things that are done on the field throwing at somebody's head um you know taking that crazy long home run trot that you don't need to take we had a guy here in detroit i forget his name it's probably 20 years ago that he would he would hit first base and go almost to the outfield grass it took him forever to get around the bases (laughs) but and to me it was like did you never hit one before come on give me barry sanders on a baseball field give me somebody like I've been here before. This is what I do. And see, and, I, and maybe I'm 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 the young guy. I don't mind that. What I, I don't, I, what I, I don't, I don't either. Guy. But see, what I don't yeah, like, you are. as a as a as a family of six, my mm-hmm. wife and four kids. Like, dude, I'm out of I'm out of 180 bucks by the time like I hit the, the seat. Yeah. So Dan, that's my issue. It's just it's it's it it becomes a return on investment. What mm-hmm. am I mm-hmm. the product? What am I going to get for my money? For a family of six right. to come to Comerica Park, man, what am what are you offering me? Because sitting at home looks pretty pretty darn good mm-hmm. when and, I look right. at the pocketbook. And listening to Dan. Yes. yes. Love Dan. <laughs> we still listen to him at the park. And and it doesn't and doesn't help that it's not only the, the cost of the ticket, the cost of the food, it's parking. also the cost of the parking, the cost of the gas to get down to this. Yeah, but right now it's very cheap to go. Let's face it. You can it, take it your family and they can all enjoy it, it because right now it's a it's an affordable ticket right now, and the Tigers you can go a season ticket for a hundred for a thousand bucks now. Do you see that a thousand bucks? I'll get in. On get that. you in. I'll get in. So on that. that's pretty damn good. They're well, giving I, it to I, you. They don't, it's it's not the. I mean, I, it's I good. But where are the seats? That is a con- Well, I mean, who cares? That is a concern. I understand that. I do think. I mean, just because I do think the Tigers get pretty innovative on this. They do. The, they have monthly passes now, which to me are maybe the best deal going in baseball right now. That if there's 12 home games, you know, every month to month, it goes up month to month because, and you understand that, but still, I mean, they were doing it in June and July, and, and the cost was still like, I don't know, 60 bucks for however many home games there were that month. And you do that's the math. That's like, well, yeah. that's, I mean, I, and I know that's not for everybody, but it still seems like they're, they're trying to get creative and trying to make sure that people can afford to come down. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I think mean, we they, got a little spoiled. I think we got a little spoiled. We had so many years of great teams. I mean, really great teams. Uh, and now, uh, you know, we're in this rebuilding process. I'm still going to be a fan. I can't help it. I'm going to find a way to go to games. Hey, the caravan yeah. starts tomorrow, right, Dan? Yep. Away we go. Where are you heading? Going, to, uh, going west. So I like what they've done this year. They're doing it a little more, uh, like, kid-friendly, just kid-interactive. Uh, lots of events at schools. Cool. Uh, boys and girls clubs in Grand Rapids. Um it just and to me that's that's what the caravan should be all about and it's it's been kind of a change of emphasis this year and I love it and uh, so two full days of that and then there's going to be the fan 
not the Fan Fest, but still autograph ability to get right. autographs uh, for free mm-hmm. down by District Detroit on Saturday. Tiger so. Fest was is moved now. They're going to do it, yeah. I think, in June or so, just like they did for the auto show. I don't like it personally, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, they they clearly thought long and hard about it before yeah. they changed it, so they they had to have good reasons for it, and I think weather was certainly a part of it. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. We always love having you, and uh, you know, you make it fun. Oh, yeah, I enjoy the conversation with you guys always. All right, buddy, we'll see you, and have a great time on that caravan. We'll talk to you. All right, take care. All right, Dan Dickerson, Detroit Tigers voice, of course, on the radio. It's been a long time. Started back in the WJR days when he sat next to Ernie Harwell, and I was lucky enough to be on his side there, and we used to do a show together called Sports Rap on WJR. And That guy, he's one of the best that you could ever meet. Just and a regular, he, he told me, totally great guy. He told me phenomenal story about being a young guy wanting to get into business and just reaching out to Ernie like not not just Ernie yeah and Ernie going like yeah yeah and I'm like I'm like hold on wait say that again he's like yeah like that I was a young guy and I'm like I, Mr. Harwell I want to and Ernie and he's like he yeah isn't that something one of the kindest like, people I ever met was amazing. Ernie Harwell. oh my god yeah. talk about the, the perfect and, guy and, that's him and Dan Dickerson has what may be the best announcer voice in all yes. of baseball. It's peaceful, mm-hmm. yet excitable. <laughs> yeah. And I would, and I, this is not a criticism of That's him, all, no. but I think I'd like to have him on the TV broadcast. Understood. Because if it's on television, yep. that's what I've got on, right? Yeah. Now, I used to put Ernie on and turn the TV sound down. Right. But there's a delay, so it's a little. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't thought to do that with Dan. I you have, could pause your I, TV and I let it catch up voice. with the radio. Yeah, that's what I always do. Yeah. I Well, but also sometimes the radio broadcast is ahead of the TV. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you already know what's going to happen, but some of these plays that Dan describes, you know, you also want to s- physically see it. So I, d- I don't mind having that, that little delay. I think of all the sports, man, there, it, when you have – I mean, because you add in the summer, the just the time of year when your baseball and I, again, I I don't think we appreciated how good we had it. Mm-hmm. When your team is good, I mean, it just it makes the summer better. Beer is better. Everything four, is better. Four straight AL Central, yeah, first place. Went to two World Series over yeah. a short period of time. Two thousand six, two thousand. We were the team. And now, I mean, now we're paying. I mean, last year was just horrible. We're paying. The, we're paying the it price. It can't be that bad again. And and we do have prospects prospects in the minors. And you know, if if they they're starting to get out from under some of the big contracts, we maybe be able to buy a free agent or two and be make nice. this thing look a little better. Remember when they brought Pudge in? That started it. We're oh, like, yeah. what the hell is Pudge mm-hmm. coming here for? All of a sudden, within two years, you're a contender. Yep. We had Pudge in the All Star game, and then we hit the World Series. After that, with Maglio and go on and on. I mean, it's great memories you know of those I, days. I really liked on that team was Carlos Guillen. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. That guy could play. He sure could. Yeah, great, great. it was a great team. You know, you got Maglio, you've got Cabrera. And you got, got the got best Pudge. manager around. you got Jim Leland well, in the dugout. This, I mean, there's nothing like it, man. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I know this is a football town, but, I mean, when if you say, hey, if all four teams are rolling and in championship form and with championship opportunities, like – what like what galvanizes this city? I think it's baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just think it's just there's something there's just will always be something about about that sport. You know, it's 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 the one I love most. 
Um, even well, though I played basketball, but it's just it's something, man. It is just a. It's great to hear again as a dad too. I love. There's nothing I love more. No matter how they're doing, Friday night ballpark with my kids, man. There's nothing better. Yeah, there's absolutely sure. nothing, and no other. None of the other teams can give me that as a value proposition. That is still the thing that the Tigers have. Is I know on Friday night, man, I can grab my kids, go. And my son plays baseball. See the my daughter, fireworks. My daughter plays softball. It's, it, it is still to me a great. Even though I want to see a winner, it is still an event. Going to see a baseball game is still an event because yeah. I still love mm-hmm. it. Man. You think my kids give a damn? Uh, if the, well, no, they they probably right. do. If but they don't hardly pay attention. It is they are having a good time. It's you're outside. It's my kids it's are going to eat me. They're what a great eat me family! Blind. What a great family eat, event! Blind. That's it. They're going to eat me blind, man. Hey, they're going to eat me blind. It's all I good, know man. I'm going to drop. I know I'm going to drop a, a a complete, you know, deuce out of my wallet. So I don't worry about it. It's going to be what it's going to be. But I always, I, at the end of that game, man, fireworks and all, I I still feel like I got my money's worth, and I win or lose, I I just I love being a baseball. Game. Well, here here's one of the things that I love to go to the game and see. I, you know, even at this advanced stage, I love to play. And I still feel like I'm learning. I love to watch, like a lot of times I play first base, I love to watch what a first baseman does sure. in certain situations. However, last season, it was hard to do that because we had guys making errors yeah. that my high school kids knew better. And, and that was hard. And I, I think Garden Hire is going to make some changes. He's going to make some things happen this year. And I well, doubt to your point, it I can't, doubt they'll it lose can't be worse. I doubt they'll lose 100. I know, but that's, doesn't that suck that we're talking about I doubt they'll lose 100? If they lose in the 90s, it's still a crappy season. Mm-hmm. But we know something good is coming, right? We've we got, do. We have a plethora of pitching in the minors. <laughs> we hope something. Oh, yeah, that's right. He thinks. Yeah, This young man thinks they're going to playoffs. They're going to compete. I think this year they're going to make improvement, and next year they're going to be contending for the division. And at least a wild card. But I hope the White right. Sox and Twins are going to stop playing baseball. <laughs> you know, I, I believe that's wa- what you're telling me. You're telling I, me the t- Twins and White Sox. I'm telling you, telling you the White Sox will be at the top of the division. I do not have faith in the Twins for multiple reasons. Okay, the Donaldson signing was great as long as he stays healthy and he can perform. I look at that batting lineup. There are only three batters I'm afraid to pitch to. If I'm any team in that division, I'm afraid to pitch to Nelson Cruz. Josh Donaldson, and the only other player really in that lineup is Max Kepler. As long as he continues to progress. Now, if he stays where he's at, and I'm a pitcher in that division, if I'm Dallas Keuchel, I can throw the guy three fastballs or three breaking balls, and he may swing and miss at each one. There's only two guys in that lineup that, as a pitcher, you you should be afraid to pitch to. Buxton has been injured, and he's supposed to be their guy. Buxton's been injured, but he's also, when he's been healthy— He's been an above-average defender. He's been a below-average what he's supposed to be hitting-wise. They have a core, and they know who they are. I but don't young, see but them going young, away. But their young core, their young players at the major league level have not performed to what was they projected to make them be they won a the division. team they need to be. Won a division? Yeah, but they didn't win, okay, they so didn't win the division because of their young guys. But they won a division. They have done an incredible job producing teams without a lot of payroll. Yes. They really have. But that, but that's the thing. Their philosophy has since changed. They brought in Nelson Cruz with payroll. They brought in Josh Donaldson with payroll. 
Now I look at their starting rotation, and there's a reason why they could only bring in Rich Hill and uh, who is the other one? Uh, yeah, you know, I know. It's right yeah. on the tip of my tongue as well. Yeah. It's uh, not a bad Homer, pitcher. Homer Bailey. Well, we they, have... they can only bring in those guys on one-year deals for $6 million because they're, they're realizing, okay, we got some guys in the minor league system that when they come up, if they perform better than like what Byron Buxton's been doing, we're going to have to shell out the money to keep them in Minnesota or else our future is looking dimmer and dimmer. I mean, I had no problem with them signing Donaldson. I'm kind of surprised they gave him the amount of money they gave him. That's how they had to get him. I know. Yeah. So that's where I'm seeing in a year or two from now when Donaldson's in his last year and Nelson Cruz is probably retired and Max Kepler might not be on the team and their pitching rotation is non-existent, they're going to look back and say, "What did? What did? where did we go? What happened? Well, I'm excited for the Twins having brought a guy from not being in baseball to being a Jimmy John's pitching to getting a Hell get, yeah. getting a minor yeah. league deal started against the Yankees in the coming playoffs. up into the major leagues. I hope that Randy Dobnik progresses Me and too. has an incredible yeah. career. Because what a great story! What a great story! It was an amazing, amazing. story. It might still be a movie. Uber yeah. car. It still might be a movie. It's, it's it's wonderful. By the way, Marcel Azuna, your My guy. guy. My your guy. guy. Uh, the Cardinals free agent outfielder signs with the Atlanta Braves, who are signing everybody. They even yeah, signed King. They signed King Felix. Love... Felix Hernandez is in their I, minor league. If I'm a Braves league. fan, He's one though, of my I guys love too. that. Yeah, you want you want your team to take their shot. Uh huh. And I feel like right now it's open. King Felix, if he makes a major league roster with Atlanta, he'll be a reliever. That's okay. I, I don't believe he'll be in that starting rotation. He'll do well. But Atlanta's coming to play this year. Is what, what I'm trying to say. No, they are, and they they made some great signings also early on in the offseason with bringing um will smith over from san francisco and they still might make a move there's still there's other players out there that they that are they, still they, they want rumbling they want arenado yeah so that's what i'm saying if they get him man yep watch out that's all i gotta say hey i want to change the subject before we leave and i want to talk about last night's kansas and kansas state game it's college Horrible. basketball Horrible. kansas is running them off the gym Running them out of the gym. In case you missed it, this is how the Kansas-Kansas State game ended. And we got this from ESPN and John Shambi on the call with Fran Fraschella. And that'll do it, this version. Oh, there he goes. He's taking it in. Uh-oh. See, I had no problem with that defense. Okay, watch this now. It's going to get worse. Now, see, right? So, so Here he comes. the guy that just went down is James Love III, who has no business because he's in street clothes for a reason. He's at the bottom of the screen. He's in street clothes for a reason. Oh, man. And this guy, who was the uh, perpetrator, the, the perpetrator with the with Souza? The Souza. Mm-hmm. He's got a. He's got a, a stool in his hand, and he's about to clock someone over the head. It's horrible. And this guy, this is not his first time. This is not his first rodeo. No, no. Today, the NCAA, Kansas is going to step up. Bill Self last night was embarrassed at the end of the game. He has steamed the Kansas head coach. And this is the second time it's happened against Kansas. The kid from Monmouth last year tried to – he stole a ball from midcourt. 
They were down with like 40, Monmouth. They stole the ball because Kansas was running out the clock, and he went and he dunked it, and then he got in the guy's face. So I guess Kansas might have had that in their in their head because when this kid stole it, he was just trying to lay it up. He wasn't trying to do anything, just trying to lay it up. He made a good play, I thought, but unless are you not yeah. supposed to play to the end? I mean, no. no listen, that is so. I've got a couple different views on this. One is that Bill Self is having probably the worst year ever. First off, you, you hear about what happened at, at the uh, the Midnight Madness. Yeah. Okay, with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So that's that's already that's one. Um, then the investigation into the program and everything else got it. My issue with this is more if you're down and you know your opponent's running out the clock, there's an unspoken rule as a team that's losing, like you get Just it. lay off. You, but you, don't, you don't play. There are times you do that, and there are times when you're. You, <laughs> You'll have your no. chance, he. Because he's, he's holding the ball. So I, I tell, I mean, at that point, it's one thing if we have the ball and you want to try and shoot a desperation three to close the gap, I don't care. But if the other team has the ball and they're just dribbling it out, man, shake hands. Hey, good game. Right. You guys got us. We'll see you back in, in uh, what is it, uh, Manhattan or yep. whatever. Manhattan, Kansas. You, you don't go if you know a guy is chilling, steal the ball. I, no. No. And then, and so I didn't have a problem with him blocking a shot because it's like, dude, for real? Like, really? Like, you know I'm just, like, we're chilling. Like, we, we, we have stomped you. We've stomped you. I'm dribbling the clock out. D'Souza wasn't going to dunk. He didn't, he didn't, it wasn't like he lost it or they weren't throwing an alley-oop. He was dribbling it out. So sit back, take the ass whooping, let the game end and call it a day. But like, yeah, oh, so you're going to take, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a soft dribble, you take it. Like, yeah, I'm going to block it. See, I have no problem with the steal or the block because in my opinion, I always tell all my players this, you play till the clock hits zero. Now, if we're up by 20 points, I'll be willing to have you dribble up Take a shot clock violation and then give the ball you back. You play a certain way until the clock hits zero. You, in my opinion, you play with that competitive edge till that clock hits zero. I had no problem with the steal. I had no problem with the block. I had a problem with him standing over and staring him down. He stared him down because he's like, Dick, why you, why'd you take the ball? Hey, we're going to have to take this uh, into Friday. Okay, can you guys keep that passion? Till Friday, Jess, you got anything? Hey, it was a pleasure being here, man. <laughs> hey, man, good having you. I got you. to talk to Dan Dickerson. You did, Dan that Dickerson. That is cool. Dan Dickerson, the Tiger's Voice, joined us here on the wrap. I got to sit by Clarence, Clarence Black. Black, Captain Clarence yeah. Black, soon to be a what? What's your next step? Uh, hopefully, major. Major. I'm so mad at Ethan right now, man. I, my team will play you. We're gonna press you the whole game. Hey, after the show, with, with 10 seconds left, we're up 40. I'm in a full full court 40 hey. press, bro. Just take hey. him in the back. Full court 40. Just That's take him fine. in the back and full slap him. Full court 40. That's fine. You wouldn't be pissed. No. Thanks to the guys. You are on your own, Ethan. Thanks to Angel and Kelsey and Steven and Cole and everyone. It's the rap. It's Tom Mazzaway. And I'm trapping the corners, too. you guys be quiet? I'm trapping the corners, too. NRM Streamcast. We'll see ya.